It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Vice Presidential Debate in-depth coverage on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry, and for the next little while, we are going to look back on last night's debate, the Vice Presidential Debate. Of course, uh, you watched it or you listened to it here on KSL News Radio. Hopefully, you stuck around afterwards. For the expert analysis brought to you by Jeff Kaplan and Doug Wright, uh, it was a, it was a wonderful thing, and it made me proud to be a Utahn to to host uh, such a unique event uh, and at such a unique time. Not only did the city of Salt Lake uh, and the University of Utah need to demonstrate to the the commission that it was capable of hosting a debate, uh, but the added complicating factor of hosting a debate in the midst of uh, an unprecedented pandemic. We were able to not only demonstrate our ability on point one, uh, but also uh, point two. And we saw last night exactly that carried out. Uh, Without further ado, I need to introduce this next individual. I'm so excited uh, for you to hear some of the stories uh, that my friend Ron Fox has to tell. He he has lived a, a fascinating life. And for almost the past 50 years, he's been doing something called advance work. That is when you, on behalf of either a campaign or or a politician or or some big group coming to town, uh, you lay the groundwork for their arrival. Uh, You make all the arrangements. You uh, ask all the questions before uh, they're even thought of to be asked. Uh, It is an incredible job, and it puts you uh, on the front row of much history. And uh, Ron Fox joins me now to talk not only about his career, but also uh, about the hand he had in bringing about uh, the the debate just last night. Uh, Mr. Fox, sir, Ron, how are you? I'm well, thank you, Lee. Did you get some sleep last night? You, you I know, attended no. the debate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> t- t- tell me tell me a bit about this. I, I, I described briefly what advance work is and what it means to be an advance man. What, what, what is that? Describe for us, uh, from your experience, the type of work that you've done now for the past 50 years. Well, it's a coordinating um, event uh, in which an individual um, carries out the will of the White House from the standpoint of a particular event. And I've done it for the president, the vice president. I've done it for the State Department. And I've done, you know, a dozen or so heads of state when they visit the U.S. But it's basically just bringing, you know, to pass uh, individual coming to a a place and making sure that there are no bumps on the roads. Everything from getting the person to greet the person on the airplane, uh, coming off the airplane to, you know, whether they stop on the way and grab a hamburger or or if they're looking at a, a um, fish ladder uh, up in Washington State, uh, or you know, going to a state fair, it, it, it's a it just doesn't happen. It's well planned, and if you're doing it with the president or vice president, you're coordinating with the Secret Service, the White House military office, which operates the planes and the helicopters, and then you also uh, work with the military aides that provide the food, you know, because they don't, you know. They, they have prepared food food for them sure. so they don't get uh, any types of um, poison or yeah. anything else that might 
somebody might want to offer. Before, uh, so it's 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 a, just a, it's a it's a logistical issue. Before we get into uh, last night and the work you did uh, uh, bringing about the vice presidential debate uh, in advance work, can you rattle through a list? W- walk through some of the some of the recognizable names of, of individuals that you have brought here to Utah during the course of well, your whole career. I've worked. It was well, not just Utah, but. Sure. But I've worked with, you know, the Dalai Lama when the Dalai Lama was here to visit. Uh, I helped coordinate the uh, opening ceremony for the state of Utah uh, for the Olympic Games. And we had six heads of state, plus the president of the United States, plus the head of the Olympics, the U.N. General Se- Secretary. You know, there's I've been able to escort Pope John Paul II uh, in Los Angeles, uh, um um, done Prince of Monaco here, um, Mrs. Reagan. Um, I hosted a dinner for the Fanex people uh, for Buzz Aldrin. Uh, it's uh, did the G8 summit uh, in in uh, in Georgia. Uh, I've been. I did the NATO summit in uh, Prague. I did a. I did a uh, summit with the vice president in Kiev, Ukraine. So I, I've had I've had some great fun, and over the years, some crazy experiences that you know you you know you, you just have to think about them after a while and say, did that just happen? When so, you when you sit down, and I hope you actually do this, when you sit down to to write the book of your life, uh, what's the what's the first story you'll tell people from your career? Oh, I there's. There's lots, but one of the most interesting ones is when we had Pope John Paul II, and he came in on a Friday into Los Angeles, and we stopped the Santa Ana Freeway and the Santa Monica Freeway, and we drove them, uh, drove them from the airport to those locations, and we used the opposite direction. So everybody trying to get out of L.A. on those two freeways, uh, we're not too happy. And so we're just riding down the center of the freeway going into Los Angeles, and so it it was just a, a good experience. You did the advance work for the arrival of uh, Vice President uh, Mike Pence as he participated yes. in, in the debate of last night. Tell us about that experience. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a mechanical thing in respect to uh, you know we want to make sure that everything is in order, whether there's a, a press uh, uh, set up, whether there's a um, uh, for visiting press or national press to be able to take the right picture. We we make sure that our visitors, the governor in this case, and his wife and Burgess Owens were there in, in the proper amount of time beforehand. And we uh, walk them out to the plane and, and then hand them off to the vice president. Then we, um, we also are responsible for um, uh, checking in the press, making sure the credentials match. And we work with the Secret Service. So it's, you know, it's just there's a lot of different details associated with a visit. And and in this case, we get a lot of local people, um, uh, some great people here in Utah to drive in the motorcade. We don't have the staff to do this. And you should know in those years that I've done advanced work, um, I'm not paid. I do it as a volunteer and I travel on behalf of it. It's kind of rare when you do it in your own town because it's hard to say, hey, I'm Ron Fox from the White House because people will say, no, you're not. <laughs> you're, <laughs> and You're Ron Fox and, from the diner. I saw you last week. <laughs> exactly. And and so we had some people, uh, uh, good friends of mine, that, that, that uh, provided uh, transportation. We get the cars, and then they, they are, you know, taught by the Secret Service and staff, you know, what to do and what not to do. And uh, they have great experiences. 
And uh, it's kind of a once in a lifetime to be able to get in a car and drive through all of the uh, lights and and uh, yeah. not not stop. You, you've let me know that uh, that you're going to be retiring from this line of work and that this arrival of Vice President Pence to participate in last night's debate uh, it was your, your last bit of advance work. What did it mean to you as you were sitting uh, in the audience uh, at Kingsbury Hall watching this uh, event unfold that you had a hand in bringing about? Well, it was really a great opportunity. I was sat, sitting there and watching you know, uh, this debate, which the moderator said beforehand that, you know, uh, it was the hardest ticket in the nation to get. So, I mean, really, there was only about 120 tickets, I think, actually issued uh, for this opportunity. And uh, on my right was the national security advisor, and on my left was the vice president's brother. I mean, his mother was right behind me. It was a, it was a great experience. And they're, I have to tell you, the Pence family was just great. They're great people do, do and mean, uh, good values. Do, do you mean to say you had a better seat than the vice president's mother? Well, it just, I think that it was only by assignment, not by. I'm kidding you. Uh, Listen, Ron, uh, I I am proud to call you a friend, uh, and I hope you really do write a book uh, of your stories. I will be first in line to buy it. Maybe you'll uh, sign it for me. That'd be a fascinating read. Uh, Nearly five decades of advance work uh, bringing about uh, events that have, in many instances, shaped the course of uh, American and sometimes global history. Uh, Ron Fox, thank you for your time. Uh, It was an honor speaking with you this afternoon. Thanks, Lee. Have a good evening or afternoon. Bye. We're going to take a break right now. When we return, we're going to continue our look at the vice presidential debate of last night. uh, And we'll be helped in that effort uh, with a conversation with former Congresswoman Mia Love. She will join us next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. For the next little bit, you and I here, with the help of others, will be discussing what we witnessed last night take place on the campus of the University of Utah, the one and only vice presidential debate of this election cycle. Took place here, and it was a great honor uh, to play host. Uh, And I was lucky enough to spend some time uh, before the debate uh, discussing this with uh, you and and others, and it was a wonderful thing. There's a little credential you get for being up on campus if you're a member of the media, and one of the little keepsakes that uh, that people in in my position that I'm lucky enough to occupy is we we collect those credentials. So uh, it's fun to have one hanging on the on the wall right now that says University of Utah on their vice presidential debate October 7, 2020. It's cool. It's very cool, and I was humbled and honored uh, to be. Uh, to be up there. Uh, you are, are going to hear uh, from me. You're going to hear from others. Uh, if you turn on 24-hour news, you're going to catch it there. Everywhere you look, you are going to find analysis to what took place last night and how what impact it may have on the future of this race, what we learned about the candidates. Uh, but and that's all well and good, right? That is a good place. You know, time is tight, uh, and you need to you need to somehow or sometimes uh, rely on others' interpretations of things uh, if, you can't, if you can't tune in yourself. But with that said, I would invite you, if you haven't yet, if you haven't watched the debate of last night, it was a valuable one. It was a valuable debate. I have uh, shared on my own Facebook page a, a link to that whole debate in its entirety, uh, and, and I would invite you to go and watch it. Uh, don't rely entirely on the analysis of others. 
All right. And I know I'm probably shooting myself in the foot since I'm in the analysis business. <laughs> my first recommendation is uh, to to go to the source material. So make your way over to my Facebook page if you have some time later on. Lee Lonsberry, uh, you'll see up in the corner uh, the little live mic logo. Uh, have a look, uh, watch it, and let me know what you think. 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. On the line now to uh, get some reaction of her own is uh, Mia Love, former congresswoman here in the state of. Uh, Utah Congresswoman, how are you? How are you, Lee? Um, you forgot to mention that if you don't have time to watch the whole debate and you have to listen to an analysis, this is the one to listen to. Absolutely. 100 percent. Right. Okay. There you go. <laughs> very good. Thank you very much. Uh, tell me, I'll just ask you very generally. You watched last night. What feelings and reactions do you come away with? You know, I have to say, um, I mentioned yesterday on TSL that I thought that um, Vice President Mike Pence was going to be calm. He's always been such a gentleman. He's always, that's his demeanor. He doesn't get riled up. He doesn't get out of control. Um, he doesn't get frustrated, or at least you don't see him get frustrated. And I, he actually made me pretty proud yesterday. I'm like, okay, now we've got, now we've got some adults in the room. We can start talking about policy. We're not attacking people on personality. And he was very firm about the things that he believed in. He was very firm about where he thought um, there was some discrepancies on on um, on on the side between Biden and um, Kamala in terms of you know the new Green Deal and and the different positions that people have taken. Um, he talked about her path um, as um, a an attorney. Anyway, it was just really. I thought it was. I, I was really proud of him. I came off thinking, oh, my gosh, great. Republicans don't look horrible. They look – I just thought he did great. I was really proud of him. What's your analysis of the of the presentation of Senator Kamala Harris? I think I – you know, she – when you're looking at these things, right, you have to ask yourself, one, are you holding on to your base? And, two, did you expand upon that a little bit? I think that – um, there was a little bit of both. I think that they both held on to their base, and I think that they both actually expanded a little bit. I, I do not – I think that the biggest issue with um, Kamala Harris was the fact that she just refused to answer the question on the Supreme Court justice. And it's not – I mean, look, politicians make – they just – it's just a normal practice to not answer questions that you don't want to answer. But this question is substantial. It, it completely changes the makeup of our judicial branch um, in a way that will affect all of us for um, the next century, right? So this is an important question and certainly something that if you are looking to be the vice president of the United States, you should have an opinion on um, in terms of whether you're going to change the makeup or leave it the way it is. The second time Mike Pence asked that question directly of Senator Kamala Harris last night, uh, and she didn't answer specifically as to whether or not she uh, uh, or uh, would be President uh, Joe Biden would, in fact, stack the court. Uh, Mike Pence did something interesting. He turned away from Senator Harris, looked into the camera and said to the American people, this is your answer. You can interpret this uh, as a statement by Ms. Harris here that uh, she and Joe Biden certainly do intend to stack the court. Is he, is he right there? Is that uh, is that the what we should pick up from between the lines there? Well, I think I think it was effective. And I always tell people if they're not standing up, if they're not making their voice heard, 
If they're not telling people what they think, then someone else is going to do it for you. And Mike Pence did it. He said, look, and if she didn't want him to do it, she should have answered the question. Um, and, or at least I, they knew this. She knew this was coming. She had to have known this was coming. It's one of the biggest issues. If you go on Google and you see what people are actually, what's trending and what people are looking at, that's one of the big issues that people are clicking on, Supreme Court justices. How would you change it? What does it look what does that look like? So not answering it, I think it just showed a lack of leadership and it 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 kind of change it shifts your trust. It makes you a little uneasy about, okay, if they can't answer this honestly, what else what else are they hiding? What else are they not telling us about? Last question. So I think I- that was the biggest mistake on her part. Last question I have for you, and we're speaking with uh, former Congresswoman Mia Love, and thanks again for your time and your analysis and your insight here. Last question I have has to do with gender. If you are to believe, Mm -hmm. say, the MSNBCs or the CNNs, uh, last night uh, Mike Pence was a a chauvinist mansplainer who showed no respect for women, interrupted the moderator Susan Page, and didn't let uh, Kamala Harris speak when it was her turn. Is there any truth to that from your perspective? Not what I saw and not my experience with Mike Pence. And you know me and everybody should know me as a street shooter. I'm not an apologist for the president or the vice president. And I have to say that I think he behaved um, as like an adult. I thought he was very respectful. He actually even congratulated her. And he mentioned that he called her when um, she was chosen to run with Joe Biden, that that was going to be a very unique experience. And he realized he also said that I recognize how significant that is being the first black or the first woman of color um, as as the vice president. So I think that that uh, I don't believe that it's really rough. It, it is hard to run as a as a woman anywhere, because I think that the expectations are um, there. You have to rise to the occasion. And even if you're, people are surprised when you do well. And, um, you know, I, I just, she's really accomplished. And I think that she held her own on the stage. And she's not, you know, this withering vine. Um, and I think Mike Pence treated her with all the respect that um, he could treat anybody. I, I thought he behaved very well. And I, I think they both performed pretty well. Mia Love, that'll be the last word. Thank you so much. Former Congresswoman Mia Love joining us with her insight and her analysis from last night's vice presidential debate, which took place, as you well know, right here, live on the campus of the University of Utah. Uh, Congresswoman, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Lee. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. When we return, I want to share with you some of my own observations about how time was divided, about how points were made, about the moderator herself, Susan Page. I have some thoughts. I'll share them with you Next on Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Your voice, your vote. Utah's vice presidential debate. In-depth coverage on KSL News Radio. Senator Harris conveniently omitted after, after the president made comments about people on either side of the debate over monuments, he condemned the KKK, neo-Nazis, and white supremacists, and has done so repeatedly. You're concerned that he doesn't condemn neo-Nazis. President Trump has Jewish grandchildren. His daughter and son-in-law are Jewish. This is a president who, who respects and cherishes all of the American people. Was that enough for you? Is that sufficient to believe that the president of the United States is not a supporter of white supremacy? 
and anti-Semitism. Came up in the debate last night. It was a long one. 90 minutes, approximately nine topics brought up by uh, USA Today writer Susan Page, her first time uh, bearing a responsibility like that as a, a moderator. And there were a lot of highlights. In fact, I would go so far as to say that the whole debate itself was a highlight. Now, I do say that, contrasting it with the uh, spectacle we were subject to last Tuesday when the two presidential candidates took to the stage. Uh, That was difficult. And if I'm honest, when I woke up the next morning and uh, uh, walked my way into the newsroom here, I wasn't in great spirits. I was discouraged. I was discouraged by the display put on by all three participants, President Trump, candidate Biden, and Chris Wallace, the moderator of last week. I thought that in the three uh, comparable roles filled by uh, Kamala Harris last night, Senator Harris and Vice President Mike Pence, as well as moderator Susan Page, I think that, uh, that they all stepped up their game compared to their counterpart of the week prior. You'll notice I haven't gotten too much into substance here, and I will in a moment. Uh, but when it comes to substance, uh, I will beat this drum forever that uh, you and I are responsible for consuming it ourselves. Uh, and for uh, that belief, I extend to you an invitation. Uh, and it is to, if you have time, listen, I, I know I know that time is tight and we have hectic schedules, uh, but if If you are relying on others uh, to be informed on what took place last night, uh, I'd encourage you to rethink your approach. And if you have some time, uh, please sit down and listen to or watch again the debate of last night. We were treated to something uh, last night that was, as you heard Mia Love describe, uh, the adults uh, in the room finally. And that's what I had hoped would take place, uh, and that is ultimately what took place last night. Now, in terms of winners or losers, honestly, uh, it it sounds like a cliche thing to say, but I think that you and I, uh, as American voters and viewers of the debate last night, were the winners. And honestly, I think depending on your party, uh, you will determine the the winner to be uh, very different. You know, conservative folks will look at the uh, defense and the promotion of accomplishments by the Trump administration, by Mike Pence last night, his denunciation of uh, white supremacy, his handling of the COVID-19 outbreak. One, uh, I think, very compelling point made by Mike Pence last night was in terms of uh, those Americans who have lost their lives, specifically the number, uh, 200 plus thousand. Uh, It is a heartbreaking number. It is a heartbreaking reality, and uh, I mourn uh, for the loss of every one of those 200-plus thousand lives, uh, as Vice President Pence communicated last night. And yet, he brought up this point, that the reality of today is such a minuscule percentage of the predictions of yesterday. It was by some predicted that at this stage in our battle against the pandemic that we could be facing, or could have been facing, 2 million American fatalities as a result of the coronavirus. Senator Harris talked about uh, the the vaccine, and she presented a uh, a point that she has reiterated a number a number of times about uh, the doctors and the vaccine developers uh, moving forward in the process of of getting a vaccine ready, and uh, whether or not she would be uh, okay with a vaccine. Here's Senator Harris on the vaccine question. Public health professionals, if Dr. Fauci, if the doctors 
tell us that we should take it, I'll be the first in line to take it. Absolutely. But if Donald Trump tells us I should t- that we should take it, I'm not taking it. What do you think about that? Does that undermine the, uh, the efficacy and the potential for good that uh, a vaccine uh, could bring about? Vice President Pence thought so, and he shared those thoughts uh, with, uh, with Senator Harris as the debate continued. The reality is that we're going to have a vaccine, Senator, in record time, in unheard of time, in less than a year. We have five companies in phase three clinical trials, and we're right now producing tens of millions of doses. So the fact that you continue to undermine public confidence in a vaccine, if the vaccine emerges during the Trump administration, I think is is unconscionable. And Senator, is the vice president correct? Is it unconscionable and wrong uh, to assert, as Senator Harris did last night, that if the president were to announce uh, the availability and the efficacy of a vaccine that she would uh, that she would not be a, a supporter of and she would not receive that vaccine if word came from the president? I don't know. He's not a scientist, right? Uh, but I do believe that uh, ahead of an announcement from the president or immediately following or at some point in conjunction with, we would hear from uh, folks like Fauci or Redfield from the CDC. Anyway, this is a tiny, tiny glimpse into what happened last night. A tiny, tiny glimpse. It would be, uh, it would be unfair of me uh, to tell you that we were going to walk through entirely this debate of last night. There's just not time. The show's only two and a half hours long, and we've got other topics to get to. And so I, again, reiterate the importance of viewing these debates for yourself. You might look back historically and say, yeah, well, these vice presidential debates, they don't mean much. Uh, I, I never remember them. In fact, if you gave me a year, I'd have a hard time remembering who it was participating in this debate or that uh, at the vice presidential level, and you'd be right historically, uh, but this is a different cycle. This is a different year, and these are different candidates. Last two quick points I want to make on the debate of last night. If you did watch, uh, ask yourself this question. Ask yourself, who spent more time talking? Did you hear more from Mike Pence, or did you hear more from uh, Senator Kamala Harris? I'll give you a second. Think about it. I've asked a number of people this very question, and honestly, uh, you know, without revealing anyone's politics, the responses have been very mixed. Uh, the response, if you uh, are uh, a liberally minded, say, Harris, Bi- uh, Harris Biden supporter, uh, you, you probably responded to me saying that, uh, that Mike Pence, with all of his shouting and interrupting of Susan Page, that he spent more time talking. And if you are a Trump-Pence supporter, uh, you will say, oh, no, it was Kamala Harris who, with the aid of the, of the biased moderator, had more time behind the microphone. She spent much more time talking. Well, how about this? The moderator, Susan Page, as she asserted at the onset of yesterday's debate, her job was to enforce the rules. Do you know, do you know that the two candidates last night spent nearly exactly the same amount of time speaking? The difference was only three seconds, 36 minutes and change for each candidate. Can you believe that? Almost exactly the same amount. Fascinating stuff. Quick break. When we return, we're returning to our Day in the Life of a Candidate segment here on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. 
I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.